podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's Sam Maximan. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And toward Drowsy. Strikes yeah. it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Alex Letizia. It's game week three, and you know what that means. It's another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. That's right, we're three episodes into season two of A Tad Predictable. I'm, I'm going to keep shouting it from the rooftops that we did get renewed for another season. And it's, speaking of renewing, we've renewed another one of our special guests that came on last week. I mean, last season. And she was one of the finalists for our Bank It or Burn It tournament. She fell short at the final hurdle, unfortunately for her. Um, Alex Letizia, our Southampton correspondent. Uh, but I, I, I've been looking at your Twitter uh, thoughts regarding Southampton. So I don't know how much longer you're going to be allowed to be our Southampton correspondent. <laughs> but Alex, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to season two. Hey, it's nice to be back. Yeah, it's good. Um, we had to obviously renew everyone's contracts that we wanted on board and, and we're happy with the transfer business that we've done um, so far, <laughs> this transfer window. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it gets nervy when, when you get into those negotiations and you yeah. know, they're asking for the bowl of Skittles in their room, but just the blue ones and stuff like it. It, 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 yeah. it can get a bit uh, finicky. I'm a bit of a diva, you know. I need my, yeah. you know, the correct sweets and everything, and then I'm on board. Water at a certain temperature, all of that good stuff. <laughs> exactly, perfume sprayed around the room before I walk in. <laughs> you know, all the all the little things. <laughs> amazing, amazing. But Alex, we're here to talk football, and most importantly, because as I said, you are currently our Southampton correspondent. <laughs> You might just become our Premier League correspondents with some of yes. the tweets I've seen from you yes. uh, this off season. But give us sort of like a state of the nation address here on Southampton. I'm, I'm going to give you the floor because, as I said, we, we've we've been quite interested with some of your thoughts on Southampton on Twitter. What are you mm. seeing? You know, heading into the season, were you optimistic or anything, or like, and and then well... we're two games in now, and how do you see the season going? So I tried to be really optimistic and I thought, right, okay, give Ralph a chance. I mean, he's not even played yet. And I sort of said, I think we're going to go down. But I but I did say that, you know, with confidence because I do believe in it. Um, Don't say that, Alex. Don't say that. 
That is not what the Southampton fans <laughs> but, want to hear. What, 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 he, what's giving you those, he's those vibes? He's not changed anything. He's not changed anything. He's sort of, he's so slow on bringing new people onto the pitch. And I feel like he's one of those managers that he's like, this is my plan. I'm going to stick to this plan no matter what. Like he doesn't bring a plan B or a plan C. Like you need to have like a little bit of a backup plan. Like if the first thing doesn't go right. And he doesn't do that. He tends to just stick to plan A. And, you know, obviously before, you know, even before the first game, I think it was a friendly, um, we got the news that Dan Yings had left. He'd gone to Villa. And, you know, we've spoken about this before that, you know, Dan Yings, for me anyway, was definitely the man of Southampton. Like he kind of kept us going. And I know he's not that he wasn't the captain, but I don't see the leadership skills from James Ward Prowse as what Dan Yings did. I felt like when Dan Yings came on the pitch, the team sort of came together. They were more focused and they were more relaxed because they knew, you know, Dan Yings is probably going to score. And yeah, it's now, it's just a little bit nervy. But I do, I really do think that we're going to go down. I know that's not, you know, I'm not popular because of that now. People are upset with me. But I'm just being honest. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because it's it's one of those situations where heading into a season, you want to be optimistic. And as you mentioned, yeah. you were optimistic heading in, you know, early on. But you kind of see, you know, some of the business that the club has done. Obviously, you know, in the background, they've got this whole thing of the club owners. Like, it's not really secure there, what's happening with them and the exactly. backing of the manager. And then that then bleeds into the backing of the team in general. There are already mm -hmm. question marks going to the season with that. And then you go and lose your talisman. Um, and, and I think you're right in saying when he's on the pitch, it, it kind of gives everyone else a sense of belief that exactly. look, if he's on the pitch, we got a chance in, in any game, irrespective yeah. of what the scoreline is. Um, I, I think having a Danny Ings, a, a goal scorer, a poacher like him, even if he's having a bad game for 80 minutes, it just takes, you know, one second where the ball falls to his feet in the 85th minute and bang, you're back in a game or you get a win or something like that. Um, I think the, the yeah, one... Yeah, I totally agree. The one thing for me is Adam Armstrong. I think I've, I've got hope with him. Um, really good at Blackburn. Looks really good so far in his first few games for... Yeah, really good. Really good. So are, yeah, are you I mean, maybe hoping... Kind of... Sorry, are, are you Again, maybe hoping like... that he he takes that mantle from Ings and, and, and becomes the driving force. Yeah, but it's almost like, again, it's like we shouldn't be relying on like one or two players. I just wish we kind of had a little bit more stronger characters. I feel like if you see our players, like they're not necessarily terrible, but they just don't have this kind of fighting mentality. Like I said it, I said it last time, um, I feel like Southampton are one of the worst teams for when, say, they've scored. It's really good. And it's almost like they get too much of a high from it. And then the other teams score and then they really struggle to then pick themselves back up. And it's like, you know, that is part of your job. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to, like, build it back up. And they're, they're one of the worst teams for it. And I've noticed, like, a lot of other people have started saying that on Twitter now. They really see it, that they're really a mentally weak team. Um, so I just, I don't know what that is because Ralph comes across as a really lovely man and, 
you know, he just doesn't come across as a horrible person, like a horrible manager. But then maybe again, that's kind of the reason. But then again, like with Klopp, he's kind of a really nice person. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, we don't, we never do know, do we? So that kind of makes it more exciting. But it's something's not right. Something just doesn't feel right with the whole team and the manager. And, you know, when I've said, like, I feel like they're going down, like I said, it's like I want to give Ralph a chance, but I feel like looking at the last two games, like, yes, okay, it was Man United, and to get a draw from Man United, that's, you know, it's pretty good. Um, But it's still, it's like, why should we be celebrating a draw so much? We need to be celebrating wins, because as you know, we all like a win on this show. We don't want a draw. (laughs) We want to win. So, (laughs) yeah. That's definitely the case, uh, especially on a tad predictable. We we prefer wins to draw predictions. Uh, but exactly. Alex, you know, you've mentioned the whole mentality of the squad question, you know, regarding that. And hopefully, I mean, I'm, you're a Southampton fan. So at the end of the day, if they surprise you, you're going to be as happy as anyone that they yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, I you know, they end up, me wrong. Exactly. But you, you're also, you know, someone that watches the game, watches these players week in, week out. So you know what you're seeing as well. And saying something doesn't feel right doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're not going to support them any less. It's just you recognize that something's not on. And, and as I said, yeah. I think it's coming from the top, going all the way bleeding onto the pitch unfortunately at the moment and hopefully they do sort it out and the the reason I bring that mentality thing up is because I hear you talking about Southampton but if we take Southampton out of that conversation and we mention some of the things you've mentioned you know um, the mental stability not quite there maybe the manager their question marks about him the owners are they backing him in the right way etc I could probably mm. plug in Arsenal into that because them with yes. Arteta, with their owners, I mean, the owners have backed him now. So it will be interesting to see if the money issue gets raised again about not backing him financially. But whether or not they backed him with the right signings with that money, I suppose, is the next question. But that's they're going into the weekend as our first game of the weekend. They travel up mm. to the Etihad against a very strong Man City side, probably a... A pissed off Man City side now that Kane, as at time of recording, has mentioned that he's not staying at Tottenham. And I'm sure that I can hear the Tottenham fans cheering in the background right now. But <laughs> what do you expect of Arsenal versus Man City? Um, I mean, I've I've been really harsh actually on Arsenal with this one. But like you said, I was going to say that I do see a lot of similarity with Arsenal and Southampton. I mean, Arsenal are not the team that we're all used to seeing over the years. Um, I think Man City are going to absolutely whip them and it's going to be a 4-0 game. Ooh, starting off hard. 4-0 for <laughs> Man <Arsenal> City. Fans. <laughs> You already had the Southampton fans pissed off with you at the start of the podcast. You're throwing the Arsenal fans into that as well. Oh, I know. Well, it's actually kind of funny because I've had a bit of like Twitter DMs from Arsenal fans, sort of like, you know, I know how you feel right now. And <laughs> so they're not going to like it when I want to hear this. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, look, from my perspective, uh, I think this is probably the worst fixture for Arteta at this point in time. Man City mm-hmm. at the Etihad. They're so difficult to beat there as it is exactly but if he can twist it and maybe say you know what no one's expecting us to win alex has just said we're going to lose four nil 
let's just go and give it a go. Like, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? And, and I, you guys. <laughs> I say that very cautiously by saying, what's the worst that could happen? Because the score yeah. could get pretty high. But really, this is kind of a free hit for him in the sense that everyone expects him to lose. So I'm hoping he maybe tries a different formation or a different style of play to test some things and, and just take a free hit. But yeah, I'm going 3-0 for Man City. I, I think there's still question marks about, you know, the goals for Man City. And, and, and I say this after them being leading goal scorers mm-hmm. in and around that chart for the past three or four seasons now. But I'm just interested to see if Arteta maybe knows the players well enough to be able to stifle them. Not enough, obviously, to get a win or a draw or anything like that, but just to keep the score three nil i think he would have done a good job and and i'm I'm sorry arsenal fans um but that's just the situation that you're in right now Um, and 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 maybe arsenal fans are going to close their ears again because the team we speak about next is the team that beat arsenal on the opening day brentford they're going up against um aston villa so aston villa versus brentford your boy jack grealish has moved from aston villa he's not man city what were your thoughts on that transfer well, I mean, it's crazy, really. It was amazing. I mean, I feel quite sad for him in a way because I feel like he's got major imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like when he moved, he was like, you know, having to give like 110% so that everyone realized, you know, how much he wanted it. And I feel like you could see on the pitch, he just didn't really believe in himself. I found it quite sad, actually. But yeah, like you said, I'm not really interested in talking about Aston Villa right now because one, Jack <laughs> Greenish has moved. My my boyfriend has moved and also uh i don't even want to say his name out loud has gone there now so yeah really this has pained me because i have put aston villa one nil but i mean i i really do hope it's the other way around i hope you heard that danny ings (laughs) and and that aston villa one nil that you have there had you penciled in a goal scorer or should we just ignore that completely with the elephant in the room again you know it's the elephant in the room, and we're going to go off those vibes for him to be the scorer. Oh, mate. Danny ends <laughs> to score as well. Look, he's he scored in the previous two games. Not necessarily played the best, I don't think, but as we were no. saying earlier, he doesn't need to play the best. He just needs one chance, basically. And, exactly. And, and, and it's likely going in the back of the net. So hopefully for Aston Villa fans, he continues that goal-scoring form, maybe to try and... Um, you know, quell that that broken heart from Jack Grealish leaving. I, I think they've invested the money <laughs> quite well, as as many people have oh, mentioned. Oh, so good, so um, good. And obviously, the only thing for me is, you know, maybe you're upset with Danny Ings coming in. I'm I'm upset for him coming in because it means Ollie Watkins is no longer up top, you know, on his own. And and he was one of my favorites at Aston Villa. Mm. So both of us are kind of reeling from Aston Villa pain at the moment. But Brentford, <laughs> Brentford are looking impressive for me. Um, I went in a yeah. draw to start their Premier League campaign. I, I, if you had offered that to them, um, you know, before the season started, I think they would have bitten your hand off for that. Um, and Absolutely. They, they, I, think, I think this game is going to be interesting in that I've got a theory with Brentford um, where I think they're going to be a system, like they're a very good drilled team. They're kind of like Brighton in the sense that the sum of the parts 
is it like really takes them so far that they're going to be games that they come up against teams that haven't quite figured out how they're going to be playing stylistically. And with the amount of changes that Aston Villa have brought into the team, they still look a bit shaky in terms of what system they're going to play, how their players link up. And I think just because Brentford know themselves a lot better than South, um, than Aston Villa do, I'm going to go and give a 1-0 Brentford win. So I know you were hoping for the score mm. to be the other way around. So I'm, I'm going to take that on board. I'm going to go with a 1-0 Brentford win on this one. And, and we'll, cool. we'll see... We'll see so how he that gets goes. it right. Yeah, we've kind <laughs> Which of, side? We, we've mirrored each other. We've got, we've gone one nil to either side. <laughs> yeah, secretly, <laughs> secretly. Um, we move on to our next game, and yeah. I mentioned this team when I mentioned Brentford in terms of a systems team. Brighton, they will be entertaining Everton at the Amex Stadium, and Brighton coming into this one two wins out of two. They're scoring goals now, Alex, which was a huge problem for them last season. The play yes. is still good, um, but they're scoring goals now, and, and they're playing a Rafa Benitez Everton that's always going to be very tough to break down. Yeah, um, I mean Everton have come in strong. I think um, you know they've. I think they they beat Saints, didn't they? And mm. they drew with Leeds. Um, so I've, even though Brighton have kind of come in and they've been a lot better than last time, I think I'm going to give Everton a 2-0. Ooh, okay. okay. Just that I think Everton are a very strong team. They, they are. And it, it, it would be interesting from a physical standpoint, because that Everton midfield looks quite, quite strong. I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to that battle between... Everton's midfield and Brighton's midfield, particularly Decore and uh, Basuma, could be quite a battle. Um, but yeah, like I, I, so, I had one one written on here, and I know we're not a podcast that likes throwing draws out there, but mm. I do think that it, it there is going to be quite a midfield battle, and it's going to limit yeah. the amount of chances that both teams have. So th- that's why I kind of lean towards a one nil. I mean, I mean a one one. Um, yeah. You're just trying to get everyone on your side. With Look, three nil, Man City, Arsenal. I mean, we both we we both definitely think it's gonna be four nil. You've said three nil to get them on your side, and now you're like, oh, I think both are gonna do really well. Look, Alex, <laughs> I have to be here every week. You come in once once every blue moon with your room temperature water and your perfumed rooms. <laughs> I have to be here in the trenches every week. I can't be pissing off all the fans. I already pissed off Crystal Palace fans last year after I I, I dubbed them the 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 team of the podcast and then kind of abandoned them when when the ship started sinking. So so I do apologize to Crystal Palace fans. I, I've, I've said complimentary things about them um, for the start of this season. So I'm, I'm trying to reel them back in again. Um, so... You know, we move on to Newcastle versus Southampton. And obviously, I'm assuming this is going to be your game of the weekend. I mean, a Newcastle side that back-to-back losses, maybe, may, may, you know, maybe not as strong in terms of down the middle as they would have liked. But Willock is now in there, so we'll see how that goes. And then facing a Southampton side who I, I, I'm going to let you continue to wax lyrical about Southampton because... Um, you know, you endeared yourself so much to to the Southampton fans. I, I think it's only fair that you you continue to do that. But Alex, what are you thinking for Newcastle versus Southampton? 
Well, this for me is going to be one of the most interesting games because I, if I think of Southampton, honestly, the energy matched, I would say 100% Newcastle. So this for me is just, I just feel like we are in the same kind of position. So to me, if we lose this, then I'm going to be like, yeah, that's it. I was right. We're going down, in my opinion anyway. But um, I think because of that mentality, both teams are going to come out and really give it everything. And I think it's going to be a battle. But I do, I know we don't like doing draws, but I do think it's going to be a two-all situation. Two, two. And, and that will be back-to-back draws for Southampton. Would that yes. be enough for you to, to get some sort of hope heading into the rest of the season? I mean, it's better than don't like, you know, like I said before, I don't like how as Saints fans we're being really happy and optimistic about draws. We need to get wins to be safe. I, um, I agree, yeah. Um, I think Armstrong's going to score. He's looking well. good. He's looking really good. And and you mentioned that, you know, you need to be now celebrating wins, not draws. I think yes. both teams, in an interesting way, are both going to be looking at this game and saying, this is a game we need to target to get points. And Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so I get where your 2-2 scoreline is coming from because it's, it's, it's probably going to be an aggressive uh, game where you know, you're kind of getting a bit of attacking, free-flowing football, hopefully end-to-end football. I am worried about Southampton defensively in this game. Um, the likes of St. Maximin running at some of these Southampton defenders, I'm, I'm, not too, I'm not too optimistic about that. And then on the other end, Newcastle haven't looked great, you know, at the back either. So I'm, I'm, I'm oh, that 2-2 two, two is looking good, but I, I don't want to... Follow. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I had written down, okay? Um, okay. I, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. So I'm going to go with a 3-2 Newcastle win. Um, <gasps> I know, I know. And I, I, was, I was tossing and turning between this game in terms of, you know, how the score would end, uh, you know, in whose favor it would end up with. But I do agree with you with the whole, it's going to be aggressive. It's going to be high scoring. The thing that pipped it for me was the Newcastle fans, really. I think St. James's Park is going to push them. At least they're going to basically suck one goal into the net. Um, that that was literally the tiebreaker for me. The fact that the home fans are back and this yeah. is one of those games where they can kind of carry a team over the line. Um, because I was struggling to split them. Um, similar to you with the 2-2. I just thought the home fans, this is where you take advantage of, you know, not having been with your fans for so long. Now you get them in the ground. I, I think they're going to be absolutely up for this one. Sorry, yeah, Alex. Um, Newcastle win. Don't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we, we move on to, you know, we've mentioned one team that's had two losses in a row. Another team that has had two losses in a row, it's Norwich. They entertain a Leicester City side who had a win and a loss. I don't think they've looked all too impressive, uh, speaking of Leicester City. And their last game, obviously, they get the red card, which kind of basically seals the game for them. They they did fight back a little bit, um, but I, I thought the game was kind of over after that red card. And then they come up against the Norwich side who... I I've, I think they might be fine this season. 
Like I've seen really? enough. I I know it's weird. I definitely think they're a lot better than what we saw when they came up last time. I think they're a more balanced side. No, I really disagree. Ah, talk to me. Talk to me about this then. I think they're terrible. I'm I'm like I'm happy they're around because they're like the people that make me feel good right now. <laughs> like <laughs> they're the team. I'm like, well, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting yeah because i mean for me my worry last time was they were a bit too cavalier too free-spirited and it looks like they they have brought sort of a more patient game with them defensively they look really good in the championship last season and i think they've brought quite a bit of that this season they've brought in some central midfielders as well um in the transfer market which i thought they they really needed after um Oliver Skip went back to to Spurs for the season. He was on loan at Norwich last season. So um, they're a team to watch for. I think they might surprise people because I know for a fact they're in a lot of people's teams to be relegated this season. But yeah. um, you know what? I'm I'm rooting. I'm I'm rooting for Norwich. I'm I'm going to say I'm officially dubbing Norwich the club for this podcast for 2021 2022 we're staying up norwich is staying up this season um yeah hopefully hopefully they last longer than crystal palace did as the official club for the podcast but yeah i just think they're a, I, I i like backing them to stay up this season i think they've got enough and i think they're going to prove the doubters wrong more so Alex and and when Norwich have their celebration party when they do stay up I hope they send you an invite and it's got the incorrect address and you pitch up there and there's absolutely no one there and we're all (laughs) celebrating with Norwich having fun because they've stayed up but Alex what score did you did you get for this one I've done I think I've done only only two four nil um scores for this podcast tonight and guess who i'm going to be giving the four goals to how dare you <laughs> how dare you come on to this part we renew your contract and you bring shame to the podcast by going up against the newly appointed fan favorite team of the season well, i'm the villain of this podcast so you know i'm giving four to leicester sorry guys and do you know what? If you invite me to your party, I wouldn't show up anyway. Wow. Shots fired. Shots <laughs> fired indeed. And, you know, on, on the other side, Leicester, as I said, they, they haven't, for me, they haven't quite clicked yet. But yeah. they've got a lot of exciting players that once Brendan gets them going, I think they're going to be really hard to stop. Um, unfortunately for them, they've had quite a few injuries especially at the back which is it, it's one of those things where even the, the replacements are now getting injured so it's really unfortunate time um hopefully they, they steer the ship i think oh man now before i had officially appointed norwich as the the the, the, the club for this podcast <laughs> i kind of had given it to one lester win so <laughs> we're in a bit of a pickle <laughs> Um, yeah, I hadn't See, thought I've this one through. I've outed you as a fake already. You're being had, so fake on this podcast. <laughs> I hadn't thought this through. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to stick with it. I, I think it's going to be 2-1 to Leicester. They're looking to now get their, their campaign back on track in terms of trying to get into top four now. You know, they've been so close back-to-back seasons. 
the last last week they will be bitterly disappointed and not be happy maybe with the performances that they have put through the last couple of games and i think this is the game a good opportunity for the for them to come up against a side that has lost two games in a row um to try and get firing um yeah i'm gonna stick with that 2-1 score line but don't worry norwich if this isn't the game that we need to pick points up in there will be others i'm looking at southampton for example we've got we've got points to pick up elsewhere but alex speaking of picking up points we've Mm -hmm. reached the halfway mark of the podcast and that means it's time to play how well do you know your team brilliant oh god pressure and, and the name is, is is still a work in progress. But for now, that's the name that we're going with. Um, <laughs> so for those, of our, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, first and foremost, welcome. Um, but last week, we played it with Jake Jackman, our resident Newcastle fan. The week before, our executive producer was on for our season two, episode one, um, where we went with the Hall of Fame um, nominee well inductees uh, for his list of people that he had to guess but obviously you as the current Southampton fan I keep saying that because I don't know if your yeah. license is going to get revoked anytime before this <laughs> podcast is released but what we're going to do is I'm going to bring up the official Southampton team sheet in terms of squad so there Southampton squad I've got all the players here I'm going to click on a specific player and then you are going to start off with five points every time you ask a question you lose one of those points every time you make a guess that is incorrect you also lose one of your points so you start with five points in each of the four rounds that we're going to do your goal is to try and retain as many of those five points as possible so for example you know you ask question you know are they english and then I'll say yes or no. You're now down to four. And then okay. you guess, okay, is it uh, John Joe Shelby? Okay, yes, you're correct. You keep, you retain the four points. So you kind of have to be strategic how many questions you want to ask to narrow down, you know, the pool of players it could be. Or do you just want to fling it, you know, and, and, and try and make a guess? Um, last week's episode was good in that Jake Jackman was trying to tie Guy Drinkle's score the record is currently five out of twenty, and trust me, this game is a lot more difficult than it looks. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Jake Jackman had one. You know, he had two points left in in, in the bank. He needed to take a guess to tie Guy Drinkle. He guessed and he got it right. So that that was a bit of fun. So we'll see what strategy you employ. But are, are you ready? How how confident are you feeling? How how well do you think you know this uh, Southampton squad? Well, I mean, I've literally, today I did my homework. I've got, like, all of their names. I've got <laughs> all their nationalities, how many goals they scored, and everything. Like, I've got everything. I've got their ages. You know, oh I've got their numbers. Okay. DM me if you want their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> literally got everything. So I'm going to try my best. But it's just hard, isn't it? Because if it's it, the wrong person, I could be going down a rabbit hole. You really could. You really could. And... No pressure as a Leticia. I'm, I'm sure that there's well, quite a bit of pressure. Well, you couldn't do the 90s, could you? You couldn't do the 90s round. I, I would mean, have just said Leticia five times. <laughs> yeah, you'd be right five times as well. But okay, let, let's let see. Let's let's start this one off. I'm okay. going up and down the list. Random player. Um, okay, I've got one. 
Okay. Are they English? Yes. Are they over 25 years old? Yes. Uh, Three points remaining. Is there is their shirt number higher than twelve? <laughs> You've done your homework. These questions are insane. Um no, their number is not higher than twelve. Is it McCarthy? No. One point you might as well guess, because you've got one point left. Redmond. Oh no. It's El Capitano, James Ward Price. Price. Oh. He wears the oh, number eight. He's English. I actually had played 200 games for Saints next round, and I would have got it then oh. if, I, if I did my format. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do this again. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, you got the swing of it now. You got the swing of okay. it. Okay. That was just that was just a practice round, guys. Let's pretend. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm ready. I'm focused. Okay. When you're when you're ready. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same kind of format. Are they okay. English? No. Um, are they over twenty four years old? Yes. Is their shirt number higher than twelve? No. Romeo. Wow, that's pretty good detective reason. Yeah, that's a decent shot. Yes! So what's that? Two points. Yes. That was that was that was pretty good. Okay, so you're you're on the scoreboard. You're on the scoreboard. Woohoo! Okay, let's see the next one. Okay, I've got the next one. Okay. Are they English? Yes. Are they over 25 years old? Uh, no. Is their shirt number higher than 17? No. I mean, whoa, 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 wait. Is their shirt number higher than... No, it's not. Okay. Is it Armstrong? No. Are they a defender? More. Wait, wait, wait. You got one more, don't you? Oh. So you can't. Do I ask. have to guess one more person? Sorry, yeah, you got one point left, so it would be okay. pointless uh, asking a question. You got okay. to guess. Walker so, Peters. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay, so that's one point for that one. All right. Okay. We're on the scoreboard now. You've got three points. You've got one round left. You need two to match Guy and Jake's five out of 20. Okay. Um, oh, my so God. This no is pressure. someone's going to get 20 out of 20 on this. Well, they would have to guess on the first go and get all of them right. That's crazy. Yeah. So okay. I, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Are you um, ready? Wait, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. it's a lot of pressure picking the right player you know um let's see okay okay let's go with him okay we've got a player now okay you need to remember 
Yeah, but remember, you need you need two points, so you can only ask three questions. Okay, right. Like, if you want to tie the top score. Right, okay. Are they English? No. Are they over 24 years old? No. Is their shirt number higher than 19? No, it is not. And you have now two points left. So you need to get it on this one to tie. So not English. Pero. Not... Sorry? Pero. No. Any last guess? No. Jan oh. Valerie, number six, 22-year-old Frenchman, Jan Valerie. Oh. oh, the method didn't work, Alex. Oh, his his shirt number's 43. It's six. It's 43. Okay, hang on, hang on. Oh. We'll go check that out. <laughs> Jump roll. Why do I have six here? Is it forty three? It's forty three on the club website. It's six on the oh. on the Premier League website. Oh my. Oh my god, this is going to be the first VAR situation. <laughs> it is a VAR question. Um, it is 43. <gasps> it is 43. Okay, so what does that mean? Okay, you want to go again? Should I just do? Shall I just do one more guess, or should I just start from the start? As in, but you you already know who the player is. Oh right, yeah. So it's the wrong person. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay, let's start. And again. I probably would have then thrown you because of the squad number thing. Okay, let's start again. So it is only fair. Okay, um, I've got a player now. Okay. Are they English? No, they're not. Are they over 24 years old? No, they're not. Is their shirt number higher than 19? Make sure it's right this time. I know. I'm on the official Southampton <laughs> website because the Premier League <laughs> website failed me horribly. Is their number? Is their number higher than 19? No. Is it Obafemi? No, it's not. Oh. Oh. Um. Broja. No. Oh. It is the number nineteen, and I hope I've got my numbers oh. right, Janepa. Because you said is the number higher I than nineteen. So in my head, I was like, oh, crap. I can't really say the number is 19. But... Oh. Okay. oh, well, that was fun. Breathe. Okay. So 
you still ended up with three out of 20. Um, yeah, we had to go to VAR, which is not a common purpose in the Premier League. Um, so welcome to the show, VAR. Um, but Alex, let's move on with the fixtures. <laughs> We've got West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Um, a West Ham side, two wins out of two. They look like they've got goals in spades at the moment against a Crystal Palace side who I think it was always going to be a tough start of the season for them. So I, I don't know how how much we can judge them early on. New manager, a whole lot of new players that have come into the squad now. What do you make of this game? Um, well, you know that I have like a bit of a soft spot for West Ham, like yes. we've spoken about before. Um, so I am going to give them a 2-0. Oh, a 2-0 wow. score. Because I just think West Ham are on great form and I was so happy with them uh, last season. And yeah, I've just got a feeling that they're going to come out and be really strong. And that's the thing. I think after last season, many people probably thought, oh, well, it was just a form thing. You know, new season, they won't be able to continue that. And they seem to be doing it quite well. So credit to David Moyes, to the likes of Antonio that are playing well. Ben Rama is giving me headaches and fantasy because I don't have him. And um, the guy right on my heels has him. And I have Harvey Barnes. So um, that Leicester 2-1, maybe I'm trying to manifest something that I mentioned earlier on. But for this game, uh, West Ham Crystal Palace, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to match you here. I think a 2-0 to West Ham sounds bang on. Um, I think they've got enough goals in them for this game. And for as I said, for Crystal Palace... I think it's going to take a little bit of patience. The fixture list isn't that great. And hopefully they're able to then turn it around, get at least the structure in place now in some of these games so that when it's time to now get a bit of, you know, starting to then chase the points Mm -hmm. a lot more aggressively. They're ready for that. But we move on to two teams who don't have time to be gelling and getting ready and, you know, getting the game plan ready for when they chase the points. These two teams are chasing the points from day one. They don't have a choice if they, if they want to be what many people are saying in terms of title contenders. Chelsea yeah. more so than Liverpool. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people predicting Chelsea either finishing top or finishing second. And then Liverpool, there there are some small murmurs of title contenders or, or winning the title, should I say. Um, but it's not been as strong um for for them this season are you feeling the same way there and and how are you feeling about this game well i think chelsea are going to finish on top um but obviously liverpool are going to be you know they're they're obviously a very strong side and when you think of liverpool you think obviously they're going to finish in the top four but when it comes to these two um i think chelsea are going to finish on top um and i think it's going to be a 3-2 game to Chelsea. That will be a very entertaining game to end off a Saturday, um, 3-2. Yeah. And, I mean, Chelsea looked impressive against Arsenal. Albeit, we know Arsenal do have a little bit of, you know, they've they've got an injury crisis at the moment um, and also just not playing well at the moment. But Chelsea looked impressive in that game. They looked impressive in their first game against Crystal Palace. Um, they didn't really give them a chance in, in that game. I thought they looked very dominant. And then they go and add Romelu Lukaku, who, you know, anyone that thought, oh, it's the same player that left the Premier League was soon mistakenly, 
you know, realize their mistake very early on. This is a completely different player in terms of just not just confidence, but development as well. He's come back um, with with more of a finished product in terms of a striker and, and what you need from a striker. So I, I was really impressed with him. They come up against a Liverpool side who they've looked good, you know, two wins out of two. Um, yeah. Maybe not the strongest competition, starting with Norwich, who Liverpool usually do well against, and then playing a Burnley side who sometimes give Liverpool problems, especially at Anfield. But I think those are probably two fixtures Liverpool would, would have been comfortable with going into this Chelsea game to say, look, at least we, we're getting our legs underneath us. Now we've got a home game against a potential you know, title contender rival. Um, yeah. I don't see Liverpool winning this Premier League title unless they start strong and yeah. sort of just, you know, sort of just get a big enough lead by like November, December that the other teams think, okay, let's concentrate on Champions League or FA Cup or whatever. And in order to do that, they're going to have to be winning games like Liverpool versus Chelsea at Anfield. Um, yeah. Van Dijk is coming back from injury. He's not fully fit. And I'm 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 very worried about him going up against Lukaku just because it's not prime Van Dyke. Prime Van Dyke, I would have been really excited for this one. Van Dyke coming off of that injury, he still looks shaky, he still looks a little bit slow in terms of reaction, but that's expected because of the injury that he's had. But I think the Anfield crowd, similar to the St. James's Park crowd that I mentioned earlier, I think that might be the difference in this one. I'm gonna go with two one Liverpool, but that three two that you mentioned, I, I would not be surprised if that ends up being the result in that one either. I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's just it's going to be a good game. Well, hope, yeah, we all hope sure. it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's going to be a strong a strong game. Yeah, and as you said, two teams that are hoping to to be up there um, at the top of the table. Well, we move on to the team Liverpool played last week in Burnley. They will be hosting Leeds United, a Leeds United side who. You know, after how impressive they were last season, maybe haven't started as hot as some people would have thought they would have. But I mean, playing Man United and then playing a Rafa Benitez team was always going to be a tough start, in my opinion. What do you make of Burnley versus Leeds? And I know Burnley are slow starters usually. Are, Are you expecting that to continue? Um, well, like you just said about Leeds, but at the same time, you know, Leeds compared to Burnley, it's just different gravy, isn't it? I mean, Burnley, they've not had any major signings and it really could be the year that they also go down again. That's another team that I think, you know, thank God you're around. But, um, I think it's going to be a 2-1 to Leeds game. And Leeds will, you know, finally then, from their fans' perspective, finally getting their campaign back on track. I think they were one of the teams that people maybe were were were, were giving a shout for, maybe challenging for that sixth spot, fifth spot, you know. So it will be interesting to see if they can then start their campaign properly now with the win against Burnley. Burnley, I think, are going to continue to start slow. Um, from what I saw against Liverpool... Chris Wood looked really good. He gave us a lot of is- uh, uh, problems and, I- and issues to deal with. I thought he held the ball up really well, but he wasn't getting as much support to him as quickly as I think he should have gotten. And if that doesn't happen against Leeds, then they're going to yeah. be in trouble. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with 3-1. 
to Leeds because I think the, the the physicality, and I mean that in a fitness uh, perspective, that Leeds bring to their games, I think is going to be too much for Burnley in this one. Um, and, and I think they're kind of just going to run away with it a little bit in in this game and, and, and we'll see how that goes. But Alex, we move on to Tottenham versus Watford. A Tottenham side that's got two wins out of two. Um, massive win against Man City to open the season. Then a uh, a win against Nuno's old old team Wolves, and then they've got the news that Harry Kane is going to be staying. I mean, are, are they just bouncing into this game against a Watford side who have a win and a loss, but have looked like they they could cause teams a lot of trouble in in the Premier League this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, especially if Kane starts as well. Um, yeah, it looks it doesn't look great for Watford. So um, I have given. Tottenham a 3-0 game 3-0 wow not even giving them uh, I mean they've, 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 they've kept two clean sheets in any case Tottenham so uh, I get where you're coming from with that one um, from a Watford perspective I think this is going to be a tough game uh, as you say yeah. Kane now probably will be starting that game I, I'll, at, at the very least coming off the bench like he did uh, in their previous game against Wolves, but I'm I'm pretty sure now that he's come out and said he's staying, that he then you know there's no excuse not to start him, and and start yeah. building his fitness and getting him going. And the thing for me is, and and I suppose crowds, 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 maybe is going to be the title of this podcast because I'm thinking the Tottenham fans are going to be absolutely buzzing, especially if they name him their starting lineup. Can you imagine what the crowd's going to be like when when the team walks out and and Harry Kane is back leading the line for them yeah i mean it's well it's funny you say that because i know obviously fans gonna be happy he's there but there are probably going to be you know a few that are you know maybe annoyed that he didn't turn up to training and you know maybe didn't handle everything as gracefully as he could so that would be quite interesting i think oh i didn't quite think of it that way um but yeah i i agree with you there because there were some fans that were voicing their frustrations at him either at the very least just coming out and saying outright that he doesn't want to be there and forcing the move or yeah. he kind of seemed like he was trying to play both sides, like trying to be like to Man City, hey, I'm really keen, but also Spurs. <laughs> he was trying to leave but still be like 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 breaking up with the, with, with someone but saying, can we still be friends? Like it, it, yeah. it, it, it wasn't going to work like that. These were childhood sweethearts. Kane's been at the club since forever I mean, there were going to be, it was going to have to be a hard breakup. It was not going to be a soft breakup. And he wanted a yeah. soft breakup. He wanted his cake and to eat it. And, and it just didn't materialize for him. So, yeah, there, there could be fans that that do um, voice their frustrations with him. I, I was interested, though, and, and maybe, you know, the away fans, because it's a smaller sample size, but the away fans kind of cheered him quite a bit when he came on against Wolves. So I, I was kind of extrapolating that and saying majority maybe of the fans will be cheering but but we will see that that will be interesting but i'm gonna go with a a a 2-1 tottenham win and i say 2-1 because in the previous games that tottenham have kept these clean sheets they've still given away chances to the other team it's just they've not put them in the back of the net and I, i have a feeling watford will be able to be a bit more efficient with their chances in this one or at least the one chance uh, being converted to a goal that I've given here. 
Um, yeah, so I've gone with a 2-1. You've gone 3-0. Alex, we end the weekend off with Wolves versus Man United. Wolves side, back-to-back losses, but I thought they did look impressive against Tottenham. They asked a lot of questions, just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And then they come up against the Man United side who... Oh, they, they had a brilliant start to the season. I mean, that emphatic win against Leeds. And then it all kind of gets dialed down a little bit. And, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but in the draw with with Southampton, I mean, the, 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 the expectations that came out of the Leeds game versus the expectations that came out from the Southampton game, from the conversations I've had with Man United fans are very, very different. I mean, they were... They yeah. were in the title race after that Leeds game. And then after the, the Southampton game, they're still like, oh, we're still missing a few pieces. Did did you feel that um, when, when you saw that game against Southampton? Well, I, I thought Man United were really poor. And like I said, it was, you know, it wasn't the side that we're used to seeing. And they played really poor. I mean, we're used to, we, we get whipped by them usually. You know, last time they came to St. Mary's, you know, it was murder basically so it was really weird to see that to go to a draw so my I feel like this is probably my most controversial score of the evening on the podcast because I've just got a good feeling for Wolves for some reason um I don't think they're gonna win I think it's gonna be a one-all situation but I, I don't feel Man United are gonna come out and be as strong for some reason I know the odds are against Wolves but like I said I think it's going to be a one-all situation yeah and and look if we take the Tottenham game for example that Wolves played last week they were very aggressive they weren't afraid to to um you know press Tottenham they weren't afraid to get in their faces and drive with the ball and attack their players that that could favor them in terms of stylistically against you know, the type of Man United side we saw um, against Southampton, if it's a different side, you know, personnel-wise, maybe, you know, they, they handle it a bit better. But I, I get where you're coming from there. And it was quite interesting when you were saying the most controversial, I thought you were going to say the most controversial thing I've said on this podcast. And I was going to stop <laughs> you right there and say, hang on, mate, um, you need to listen back because you said quite a few <laughs> controversial things. But most controversial scoreline, fair play. Um yeah. Uh, just I uh, don't know. I just really fancy. You know what? I might even say Wolves are going to win. I might actually change wow. it. I just really fancy Wolves for some reason. I actually think it's going to be a two-one Wolves. I'm going to change it. Go on, two-one, two-one. I mean, your your gut got you to a final last year, so exactly. it, it's a pretty good gut. Um, <laughs> I'm um... always right. People call me a witch. <laughs> I'm 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 not as optimistic for Wolves in this game as, as you are I think Man United are going to course correct I, I do get where you're coming from and I was impressed with Wolves in that Tottenham game I, I did think that they were very aggressive and they kept that aggression up the whole game whereas I thought they were going to kind of tail off towards the end and, and get tired so they're, they're promising signs there but I just yeah. think that Oli got it wrong in terms of just starting lineup um for that um that game last week and i think he's going to course correct this time around and we see a more balanced man united team i think we see a more aggressive man united team and 
Man United away from home being able to counter-attack because Wolves are playing so aggressive at the moment, I think favours them. Whereas Man United away from home where they are kind of, they're being asked to be the dominant team. I think that's where they struggle. So I think Wolves might yeah, play into their hands. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I think yeah, I think I think Wolves play into United's hands in this one. I'm I'm going to reverse your score. I'm going to go two one to Man United. <laughs> so we've got two reverse scores in this one. It's yeah. that Man United game and uh, Man United Wolves, and then there's also the Aston Villa Brentford game, where you've famously gone with a one nil win with thanks to he that shall not be named on this podcast. Ugh. Get uh, out. But Alex, you've said it all. That's yes. going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Come find me. Um, and next time I come on the show, make sure there's more perfume sprayed around the room. We will speak to, we'll speak to the guys that set up all of the the rooms and everything. Um, I think <laughs> the executive producer just meant mentioned in my ear that he has made a note of that and was the water okay the temperature of the water um i mean it will do but you did give me two bottles of sparkling so i mean who even drinks sparkling water someone once said to me sparkling water tastes like what you think you know when the tv had that thing I don't know. Yeah, that that's what sparkling water tastes like. Like that that, that when does, the when yeah. the TV goes all funny. Um, but again, <laughs> from my end, <laughs> from my end, guys, um, I highly recommend that you go and check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post match reviews, player performances, all of the transfer news that you will need coming towards the end of the transfer window. Go check it out on EPLindex.com. We've got our daily show, the Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. We've also got our flagship show, the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings, previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Um, Their previous episode from Sunday had an interesting topic regarding Arsenal and whether it's time to panic yet at Arsenal and, and just debating the both sides of that argument of keeping calm and then also is there, you know, room for concern there that was an interesting listen go follow uh this twitter this show's twitter page at a tad predictable uh follow at epl index on twitter um a huge shout out to our presenting sponsors liberty shield they are a vpn provider you can check out all of their services at libertyshield.com they have awesome features including privacy and security so you can hide your ip address from anyone e.g hackers um that's by, by encrypting your internet traffic. You can avoid the geo blocks that governments impose and, and the restrictions to access any websites using Liberty Shield VPN as well. Also, um, thanks to Liberty Shield, we've got a predictions page that was set up for this podcast. So if you guys go to eplindex.com stroke predictions, and you stand a chance to win, you sign up there, you put in all of your scores for each of the game, you know, for, for so for this game week, it's open. So you set up your, your score predictions for the game week. You save that. There's a leaderboard that's being tracked, that's tracking all the, the scores that get logged in each week. 
all you have to do is get your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week. If you're in the top, if you're at the top of the leaderboard come the end of the 21-2022 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop. Uh, there's a lot more products that they're adding into there. And you also get to win £300 in cash. Um, and that's courtesy of our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. So if, if you think our score predictions weren't quite on it and you know what the scores are going to be, then go test how good you are. Go win some cash. I mean, it's free to sign up. You get a free £300, you know, for being good at knowing football. Um, <laughs> and then you also get that £100 voucher. That's awesome. Guys, um, I've been Tadiwa Chanakira. You can find me on the Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros, Jody, she is at Spursy141. We have a brand new intro song. Uh, huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass and the one that took all the notes in terms of, you know, what Alex needs next time she comes on to the show. Guy Drinkle, he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. She's been Alex Letizia. That's at Alex Letizia on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chino Shura. Sports Social Podcast Network.